everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm a very tired Abby, and this is episode 70 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, you can head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. You can also follow RV Miles on social media. We are at, of course, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then Jason and I and the newly repaired Wanderbus, along with Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are over at ourwanderingfamily.com. And we are also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Twitter. We have had an epic week. We've had an epic month. We've had an epic life. (laughs) Uh, It's where do you even begin? I keep trying to put into my head how we want to break down like what this last week has been. And we're going to talk about the whole thing like later on in the second segment. But I don't even know how to begin other than to say, whoa. So this Whoa. episode is coming out a day late. We apologize <laughs> yes. for that. But man, we tried. We tried. We just got to the point where we We said, finally found a place we could not podcast nope. at. When you're wall docking, <laughs> it's really not easy to podcast. It's no, just not. No. It's not. Uh, so we're going to talk to you about all of that stuff that's been happening with us. Give you sort of an update on our journey a little bit later on. And then we have a another fun subject i know i like how the juxtaposition of (laughs) the woes of the week but then we're gonna just finish it off and we're gonna talk about hot chocolate we've given some time to s'mores and i know everyone thought how can you talk an entire segment on s'mores jason and abby can and now jason and abby can talk an entire segment on hot chocolate absolutely i'm the one that put this particular segment together jason did the s'mores one last And when I was working on this and putting an article together, I just, I had no idea. I really, I went down a rabbit hole of hot chocolate recipes and I didn't know that there were like 50 different ways you could make hot chocolate. It was very difficult to pick which ones we were going to talk about (laughs) because I wanted to talk about all 50. So we got all of that and we've got a new brain teaser. We've got some interesting news and a whole lot more. But first, this episode is sponsored by L.L. Bean. This year, L.L. Bean is joining up with the National Park Foundation, the official nonprofit partner of the National Park Service, to help you find your happy place in an amazing system of more than 400 national parks, including historic and cultural sites, monuments, preserves, lakeshores and seashores that dot the American landscape, many of which you'll find just a short trip from home. L.L. Bean is proud to be an official partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. I have made a discovery, and this doesn't have to be L.L. Bean related, but I I have discovered that that, you're a slipper person. Well, no, that my L.L. Bean (laughs) slippers, because they have rubber soles. Yeah, I'm now using them as my driving shoes. If you have a motor home. Why wear your outside shoes to drive and you can keep everything clean up there and and wear like house shoes to drive it. So are you going to go scrub down the front driving area of the bus now because it's dirty? Well, I'm just saying, yeah, you know how I feel about the slipper uh, state. I mean, we went into this in the holiday gift gear guide. We don't need to go into my eccentric <laughs> views on inside outside clothes. But, <laughs> but I was so tired this week and I saw you doing that and I was like. 
I don't even have the energy for this. I, I think don't. it's a great I'm idea. I'm glad you're comfortable. I'm so glad you're comfortable. And I think it's a fantastic idea. I well, just now want like the front walk, cab scrubbed down. But this way I can walk down. Yes. Okay. I get it. But this way I can go, you know, walk back to the fridge because normally I'm wearing my shoes, yeah. my driving shoes, and I just have to sit up front and stuff because I don't want to walk through the bus and track dirt in it. And uh, because we take our shoes off when we, when we go. Right. I mean, I think we should establish that the front half of the bus, like when you come in, we left all of that rubber down that yeah. came with the bus. We kind of treat that as our mud room. Like that's the space that you come. You can get your shoes off and do all that. And that's a super durable, cleanable space. It's once you cross that threshold onto the hardwood floors that we like to take our shoes off and not be tracking the outside any further into the bus. So, yes, you're right. But because of that, because we treat that as our mudroom, it's dirty. It's dirty up there, you know. But I can never like walk yeah. back and forth while I'm driving, walk back to the bathroom, walk back to the fridge. No, I get it. We're going to need to hash. We're going to have to hash this out after yeah. the podcast. I mean, we're clearly <laughs> having we're clearly having a family discussion right now for anyway, all these people. All right. Before we move into the news, I, I have a couple housekeeping things I want to take care of here. Uh, first of all, we had our discussion on space heaters last week and a listener pointed out something that I failed to mention just because it was sort of second nature to me. And I, I want to get out there because it, it is really important. When I was talking about using the thickest gauge possible and, and looking up the gauge of extension cord that you use with your space heater. It's really important to know that the lower number gauge, the thicker the cable is, the, the more power it can handle. So a 10 gauge extension cord is better than a 12 gauge extension cord and so on. So just wanted to throw that out there because somebody pointed out and it, it is super important. So, and the other thing that I wanted to mention is that some of you, uh, if you listened to last week's episode, may have gotten a rogue ad in the middle of the episode from, from a CNN podcast. Uh, I love that it was a rogue ad from a CNN podcast. That, that was not us. Um, that <laughs> came from our hosting company and we apologize. Uh, you, you won't get that anymore. <laughs> no, we're not playing that game anymore. No. All right. On to the news. Hey, one of the things we talk about quite often is the horrible <laughs> For lack of a better term, I would say horrible. The homogenous design qualities that uh, that the RV industry puts out when it comes to both the interior and the exterior. Swoops and swirls. <laughs> Swoops and swirls. And then but then on the inside, we're, you know, always sort of stuck in the same. The brown palette. The pa same palettes and, and same fit and finish. And there's a reason for that. Look, I mean. It's just like when you go to sell your house, you paint everything neutral and you put neutral carpet down because it sells best. Well, and also brown, I think, hides the dirt a little bit better. And yeah. let's be honest, you're using an RV to go camping and be out in nature. And, you know, it's not going to stay super clean all the time. But we were thrilled to see the the new Jayco Eagle lineup of travel trailers and fifth wheels, which offer a, a brand new interior design and these are looking i love them. really nice they're beautiful they are taken from the modern farmhouse design so it's very clean it's fair it's very joanna Gaines. it's very <laughs> yes it's 
gorgeous though. It's stainless steel appliances. You know, they've got these beautiful backsplashes. They've got gorgeous countertops. Basically, when I was looking at it, it is what a lot of people, I would say in our generation, when they buy these travel trailers or they buy the buses or whatever they do, they're gutting them and they're converting them into these clean, white, bright spaces. And this is exactly now what Jayco is doing. They have seen this trend. They're listening and they're now producing in their Eagle line something that's ready. It's ready made. You don't have to do it. The bathrooms. I mean, this is not and I'm not just talking the kitchen. The entire interior of the trailer now has this gorgeous modern farmhouse look. The backsplash on the bathroom is it's so beautiful. I love it. I I also I really like the layout of the uh, I'm looking at the the HT fifth wheel. It it doesn't have an island, which, you know, you lose some countertop space and that's a big deal. But I'm really liking the openness of it. And there's just tons of room. I love the openness. I would say losing the island, though, for me, I would only care about that if it was an island that I could put three bar stools at and the boys could then be sitting at the island as opposed to being over at a table. That's just to me to have them right there in that island, right in the cooking space. It's just kind of nice and making dinner. They're there. Well, you also get get all that. that. You get all that additional cooking space and you, you get do. the sink out there out in the open. And, but the flip side to yeah. that is when you're a larger family, it is always nice to have something that just feels a little bit more bigger and open yeah. and not have stuff stuck everywhere. So these are, I, I, I don't think they went quite all the way there with these. They didn't quite go like 100% fixer They, they no. could have, yeah, they, they could have just went out on a limb a little bit more. They still feel very RV inside with just a little bit better choices when it comes to but when you see it for the first time it's surprising yeah because for so many of us especially if you spend a lot of time looking at rvs like we do or you're going to rv shows and whatnot you kind of have in your mind what you expect something to look like like the basic rv layout when you see this for the first time and we'll link to it in the show notes if you want to go over and look for yourself you're you're surprised. You're like, I was I was not expecting yeah. this. And I just think it's cool that this is a potential trend that we're going to start seeing maybe more manufacturers doing this. And I like it. I like that there's variety and options and you don't just have to have a one size fits all interior design in your yeah, RV anymore. It really is all about options. People like different things. And it's nice that with so many manufacturers out there. The flip side to that is that I don't want too many options. I it's like when you go to a restaurant and you open up a menu and it's like 20 pages of things. I don't I don't know what to pick. You've literally given me 14 like specialty menu items. Then you've given me 22 sandwiches to pick from and 14 salads. I can't I can't make a decision. See, I enjoy and then I just end up going with a burger (laughs) and that's what's going to happen. I'm just going to end up going with the safe RV that I already know I'm going to eat a burger. (laughs) So I love that there's options. I just don't want too many. All right. Moving along. The National Park Service has announced the dates for the 2019 free days. There are five free days next year. Same thing as this year. They've cut down. Uh, it used to be quite a lot of free days. It was more like 10, 15. Yeah, I don't. So they've, they've cut back down drastically so if you don't have uh, a national park pass uh, this is a good way to to be able to experience a national park 
near you, any of the fee-taking national parks are going to be free on these days. Or if you have a pass and want to bring along people with you and can't get them in on your pass, this is a good way to do that as well. But another thing that you might want to think about, though, is if you are somebody who frequents national parks, these are also days when the parks are going to be a little bit busier. Yeah. So they might be days you want to avoid. Yeah. This are like the five busiest days for some of the parks that have some of the higher entrance fees. So if you're a park pass holder or like Jason says, if you frequent, then perhaps maybe think about becoming a park pass holder and then you don't have to. You can allow then those who perhaps can only get to this park once a year or something. Well, then they you know, can go and be with the masses that are going to be there. Because I think one of the days that we were at Zion was one of the free days and it was really busy. So the, the free days for this upcoming year are Martin Luther King day, April 20th, which is the first day of national park week and is national junior ranger day, August 25th, which is the anniversary of the national park service. And uh, September 28th, it's National Public Lands Day. And then November 11th is Veterans Day. Yep. And it was the Junior Ranger Day that we were in Zion. It was our, and it was a Saturday too. Finally, we want to mention that, uh, again, RV chat is happening this week. You're getting less notice since this episode is coming out later. But RV chat on Twitter, join us there every Sunday at eight o'clock. This week's subject actually know it this time. Amazing. Well, it is Saturday, Jason. I would <laughs> hope you would know it by now. It's going to be RV regrets. And it's not going to be like a total downer, though. But these are like, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, places that you visited that you wish you had spent more time at. Oh, I have so um, many of those. Or places that you that you just, you know, drove by and, and want to go back to. Or mistakes you made in purchasing your RV, that kind of stuff. I should have gone with the dark brown interior instead of the light brown. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, we also want to mention a reminder to join the RV Miles Facebook group. We're having a lot of fun talking with you guys about the episodes and about your journeys on the RV Miles Facebook group. Yeah, I love the people are coming over seeking recommendations and asking questions and it's that time of year, too, I think, when we all start thinking about 2019 summer travel and where we want to go and we're kind of booking our days. And plus, you know, the 2019 RV show season is about to start kicking off too, really hardcore. And, you know, for a lot of people, we're thinking about upgrading or thinking about purchasing for the first time. And it's great to see people come over and ask questions. And, and it's a nice small group. So you can yeah, actually like have a discussion and it's not and get to know people. 300 comments yeah. of like, yes, no, yes, no. <laughs> What are you crazy? Why would you do that? <laughs> I would do it like this. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the difference between six volt and 12 volt batteries. Abby is just so excited over there. I am shivering with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Be right back.
We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser sponsored by Thrive Market. On a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone, Thrive Market offers thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at up to 30% below retail prices. Foods for specialty diets can be hard to find when traveling, so for your next camping trip, skip the store, especially this time of year and get all your gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO products delivered to your home just before you hitch up. And because Thrive Market wants to make healthy living a part of your outdoor lifestyle, RV Miles listeners can save 25% off the already marked down prices along with a 30-day free trial. To get started, head over to thrivemarket.com slash RV Miles. RV Miles is all one word. Or check out the link in the show notes. That's thrivemarket.com slash RV miles to get 25% off plus a free 30 day trial to start your journey towards a healthier life at home or on the road. We're back at uh, our, my in-laws house, Abby's parents' house, and they are, they are all over the thrive market. They lay, they lay down in their bed and order stuff. Well, they have an app, which is super cool. Thrive Market has an app and you can do all of that ordering straight through the app. And you can also set up um, monthly delivery. So like, let's say there's something in particular that you know you're going to use on a monthly basis. You can just go ahead and set that to have that delivery come to you at a particular time every month. Well, plus when we're, when we're out traveling, it's like learning a new store. That is one of the worst things about traveling is going to a grocery store and learning where everything is every time or somewhere. We were in a massive Walmart a couple nights ago. I didn't know I they didn't, got that It was big. like a football. No, bigger. I mean, normally Walmarts, I think, are like football field size. This was like double the size. And I just felt like I needed maybe to like get a bike or something. Maybe I needed to grab our scooter, <laughs> grab our swag trot and <laughs> drive that around the Walmart in order to get out of there in an efficient amount of time. Like I just needed a couple things. But of course they were on either. And it always happens like this, right? They're on either end of the store. They do that on purpose. They do it on purpose. Because then what happens is I'm walking and I'm like, ooh, ooh, the Christmas stuff is out. Ooh, look at, I love, I am a sucker for Reese's peanut butter cups in the shape of bells. I'm a sucker for it. I will buy it. I will buy that bag every time. And it's like they know I'm coming and like associates run out and they start (laughs) placing these bags along my path. And I'm just like, "Mm, I'll take that. I'll take that. (laughs) Anyway, I don't have to do that with Thrive Market. I know what I'm getting. I know I've set a budget. This is what I need. And I go and I do it. I really super appreciate that about this company. All right. Last week's brain teaser went like this. A lily pad doubles in size each day. In 28 days, the lily pad will cover the entire pond. In how many days will the pond be half covered? And the answer is 27 days because it doubles in size each day. So obviously the day before it's reached its full size, it's going to be half size. You can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head because I just. Because it was so simple. It was so simple. (laughs) I think this is where you get me every week is I try to make them too hard. Yeah. I just try to make it too hard. It's a metaphor for my life. (laughs) The winner this week is John Olson from Iowa, who will receive a not all who want our lost t-shirt. And you'll have your chance to win yours at the end of the show. Okay. We got a listener question this week that I wanted to discuss a little bit here. This comes from 
This comes from Terry in Oregon, who who is asking about house batteries in the RV for powering your 12 volt stuff. And the question is that he had heard that six volt batteries give you double the power as a 12 volt battery. And he was asking if that's true. And, and if not, he didn't, didn't really seem to make sense to him why that would be. And if not, what's the reason for using six volt batteries instead of 12 volt. So, uh, just wanted to get into that a little bit briefly. 12 volt batteries and six volt batteries are not going to provide any different amount of power uh, based on the fact that they're six volt or 12 volts. Obviously, a six volt battery has six volts, half of what a 12 volt battery is. But you put two of them together to make a 12 volt battery. Now, does that give you more power than a 12 volt battery on its own? Well, it depends on the 12 volt battery you bought and how many amp hours it puts out. And it depends on the six volt battery and you bought and how many amps it puts out. The reason people use six volt batteries instead of 12 volt batteries in some of the higher end setups is because they last a lot longer. All, all batteries are made with big, thick plates inside them, big, thick lead plates. And six volt batteries have thicker ones. So they last a lot longer. And you can put two of them together and it makes a 12 volt battery powers everything the exact same way. You can put four of them together and it's the same as two 12 volt batteries and so on. So there are a lot of considerations and the biggest one I think is the amount of space you have. So if you can only fit two batteries in your, in your house battery bank, you, you might be limiting yourself a little bit by buying two six volt batteries, having to wire them together and getting essentially the power of one 12 volt, where you could put two 12 volts in there and get a lot more. But those batteries, again, just aren't going to last quite as long. So you can, you can run down six volt batteries a little bit further than a 12 volt battery. They're going to last a few more years, that sort of thing. But they're also going to cost you a lot more money. So it's just kind of a trade off and it doesn't really matter that much. It's just more about how you set your system up. But the real thing you want to make sure to get is real true deep cycle batteries, whether you get 12 volt or six volt, make sure to get true deep cycle batteries, not just the marine battery that they sell at, at Walmart. A marine battery is kind of a combination of a starter battery and a, a deep cycle battery. Deep cycle is what you want to power all your lights and your your fans and everything uh, that's going to give you the most amount of power for the most amount of time. And you might have to special order that. You might not be able to go to Walmart and pick up a, a true deep cycle battery. You might have to go to like a interstate battery dealer and, and order one. Uh, or you go to an RV dealership, they're probably going to have them. But it's it's really worth it. You think Amazon's got one of those? I, they do. The shipping is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> you generally aren't going to get prime shipping, say, free get prime, prime on shipping on, on a on a 40 pound battery. Well, I don't understand what the point <laughs> is in having prime then. <laughs> okay. It is time to move on to our epic journey of the last week. Yeah, I titled this one last week's or the last time we talked, I should say about the bus. I think the title was like bus woes like w-o-e-s this time i think we need to title it bus whoa w-h-o-a 
you know, because homonyms that. aren't really the greatest thing for an audio medium. That's fine. But if <laughs> I say it in the style of Joey Lawrence, I'm pretty whoa. sure. Yeah, whoa. I'm pretty sure a lot of people will at least understand that I am what I'm saying. You have to be, I think, from a very small, marginalized, like generational <laughs> group of individuals. But we all know. Whoa. Joey Lawrence. Thus, whoa. That's what we're talking about today. This segment is sponsored by Go Sun. When you're camping in the wild, miles from the nearest propane or electrical hookup, every bit of energy and fuel matters. With GoSun solar cookers, you can cook full hot meals without propane, without electricity, without wood. GoSun cookers trap the sun's rays to steam, bake, roast, and boil, even when it's cloudy, using special reflectors to grab available heat and trap it in a borosilicate glass tube where food cooks at up to 550 degrees. Now that's a deep cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Three different models offer the perfect combination of portability and cooking capacity. Visit gosun.co, that's .co, and use the code RVMILES for 15% off all GoSun's solar cookers. Great, great holiday gift for the, the sort of kitchen gadget person, outdoor cooker, grilling person in your family. You mean someone named Jason? Yes. Okay. Support this small Cincinnati-based company looking to change the way the world cooks with free energy and no harmful smoke or emissions. That's gosun.co and use the code RVMILES for 15% off. And hey, if you pick up one of these, we would love to see a picture of you using it. Like just drop it over in the RV Miles Facebook group. Let us know what you think and how you're liking it and how you're using it because I just think they're like the coolest thing. Yeah. I want to see someone do like we're, a seriously we're, epic meal in it. We're getting our hands on one and we are we are going to do that ourselves. I think Jason's already got like try to weeks do it worth of this, meal plans. We're going to give it a real <laughs> test in this nasty Kansas City overcast weather. Yeah. Can I talk to you for a minute, Kansas City? The Epperson's didn't really get a seasonal transition. We started on Monday in sunny 75, 80 degree California, traveled through New Mexico By the time we hit Kansas yesterday, it was fog so dense, we couldn't even see our hands at some point, like in front of us if we were standing outside, torrential downpours and like 45 degrees. And I thought, why, why, why are we here? (laughs) Like, Why are we back in the Midwest again? Remind me, we have a home on wheels and we love our family. That's why we're here. I cannot imagine the holidays without them. Neither can the kids. Okay. So. Where to begin? It's time to recap. Even, I know. <laughs> but let's start, start. Let's start by recapping where we were last time we talked. The outer bearing on the front passenger wheel was totally demolished. Uh, we we took it to a shop who pulled it off, and they found a goop of grease and and little bits of metal, which were the leftovers of our outer bearing. We were going to try to save the the spindle. The spindle is what the wheel rotates around, right? And we got the parts to put a new bearing on and stuff. And the shop did this and the the spindle was unsalvageable. The threads were too far gone. So we had to go find a new spindle, which put us in LA for a long time. It left us spending Thanksgiving with our family there, which was fantastic. And we went and found a used one at, at an LA parts store and took it back to, up to them near Joshua Tree, which was where we were broken down. So it was a good two hour drive. Yeah, it was about 120 miles from where we were staying. And they fixed it up. And we, early this week, got on our way 
trying to make our way to Kansas City. Our yeah. our travel plans had just been so reduced to nothing and we were on such a tight schedule. We were to get where we needed to go. We picked the bus up on Monday, so the after the holiday weekend, we spent the weekend with family. We picked the bus up on Monday and like Jason said, we had gone from what was supposed to be almost a month to travel back into the Midwest to 4 days. And because we also run a couple of theater publications and we've talked a little bit about Jason and I's theater background. One of our publications is in Kansas City and we had obligations as reviewers to get back up here because the holiday show season is starting. I think over the next five days, I'm seeing four shows. So we had already kind of pushed all of that back because a lot of these shows open over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. We had already pushed a lot of these reviews back. We couldn't push them back again. We had to get here. So we were covering from Monday to Friday, 1600 miles, which is a lot of miles to cover in the bus. It's a lot for the kids. It's a lot of driving for Jason. And we knew we just had to do it. We didn't have a choice. So we head out on Monday. We seem to be doing good. We had a nice drive through. We drove through Joshua Tree National Park. Gorgeous. On our way to Quartzsite. I wish we could have spent a little bit more time in Joshua Tree. We couldn't, but we were treated to the most spectacular sunset. Stunning. It was a great introduction, like to be back in the bus. We were feeling so good. It was so good to be home, to be in our space, to be back reunited with the bus. We were going through this beautiful national park. Wonderful. We get into Quartzsite that night. We get a campground. Everything's fine. We get up on Tuesday. We head out. We're, we're going to cover a lot of ground on Tuesday. Yeah, we were trying to make it uh, into New Mexico, at least in, into around yeah. Deming, New Mexico, or maybe even a little bit further. So we were crossing all of Arizona. And uh, and by the time we were near the border of New Mexico and Arizona, you know, we're driving across I-10. And I-10 is in terrible condition Yeah, it's uh, a mess. in the first place. Uh, but then I was starting to have some steering issues. Uh, you know, the, it, it wasn't bad. The bus was just kind of like floating around a little bit. I first thought it was wind. Then I thought it was the road. Somewhere around like, I think, seven o'clock because we were driving into the night. It's about seven o'clock and we had about 65 miles to go. We were going to go to this rest stop and we were going to stay there for the night when it was about 65 miles away. And suddenly Jason looks at me and he goes, Hey, there's um, a rest stop coming up that's just four miles from here. What do you think about stopping? I kind of wanted to get that full other 60 in. I knew we had a long stretch still ahead of us, but I also was tired. The kids were tired. I said, sure, let's stop. He was clearly feeling like he needed to stop, like that the bus needed to stop. Yeah. I I mean, it it just sort of started to come on and you know, I, I didn't tell you this, but uh, tell me now, please, while we're well, recording the podcast, I was <laughs> I was having an inkling at that moment about what the shop may have not done. Okay. And uh, and OK, I'm going to stay real chill. <laughs> well, like, I mean, when we pulled over, I did. I did. And I was. But I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was going to look at it the next morning. Yeah. Take care of it myself. Uh, and then we were going to go on. So we stopped. We yeah. stopped um, right at the Arizona, New Mexico border. So we didn't make it as far as we wanted. Went to bed, did our whole thing, whatever. 
uh, we're getting up. We want to get up, get out, get on the road. I wanted us to get going. And uh, Jason goes out to the bus outside. And a few minutes later, he, you know, I'm in there doing my thing with the kids. And he comes in and he looks at me and he goes, I mean, I feel like this has just been famous last words for the last several weeks now. He looks at me and he goes, we have a problem. And I'm like, you know, the, my stomach just kind of falls out and I just, you know, take a breath and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he says the, the two front tires are completely shredded. And I go, somebody shredded our tires. I mean, that was the first, (laughs) so silly now when I think about it, but like my first thought was we were at this rest stop and someone had come up and like shredded our tires. And he's like, no, no, no. Um, the tires are shredded. They're, there was they're, nothing left of the treads. It was down to the steel wires. I mean, there was nothing left of our two front tires. Yeah. So I, I go out there and I, I'm looking and uh, I'll offer full disclosure. I, I melted down. I sat down on the ground and I started crying because I just, I mean, even now I'm thinking about it. We were there at this rest stop. We had just been through all this other stuff with the bus. I knew what we had waiting for us. I knew I had these kids in there that that need to feel stability and that I had to pull myself together. And uh, I, I looked at you and I just said, I, I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I felt we had so, just spent twenty six hundred dollars to have it fixed. I felt very very helpless in that moment and i know that you have to have i think those moments sometimes in order to kind of shake that off and say i'm not helpless we're okay and um it was in that moment that we also realized that our tires were not hundreds of miles away but maybe a couple of miles away from blowing and had we continued and not stopped at that rest area, had I had said to him, no, 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 I want to keep going. And he probably would have kept going because I had said I wanted to go. Um, it could have been a much different story. And this could have been a much different story that we were telling today if we were even going to be able to tell it. And A, I, a blown steer tire is. It's no joke. And it would not have just been our lives that. Uh, could have been harmed. It could have been the lives of those around us on the highway. And when that reality hit, the situation for me became not one of despair, but one of joy because I was able to have this situation. And I don't want to get, you know, too deep, but um, I will forever be grateful that we stopped. And whatever told us to stop and had us stop kept my children safe. And, you know, it doesn't matter what comes after the rest of this story or how much it cost us or how much frustration we're going to have dealing with the first shop. All of that is second to me when I look at my kids and I see my kids unharmed and that um, we stopped. I just we stopped. So obviously we had a big, uh, an, a big task 
in front of us. So what had happened, and I instantly knew what had yeah. happened. The the part that they replaced it's called the knuckle. It's the this the spindle is attached to it and and basically it's what turns the wheel. It's what attaches the wheel to the axle, turns it left and right, right? And there's one on either side and they're tied together with the tie rod. The tie rod rod that goes all the way across that bolts onto each end and that makes it so that the wheels turn in unison. Well, that tie rod has to, is adjustable. It has to be a certain length. And I knew the second that I got out and saw this, that they did not adjust the tie rod to align the wheels. Yeah, now, and we could actually see that the wheel that had been worked on, the right wheel, was slightly, it was, it was angled. So the bottom part of the wheel was pulling in towards the bus. The top part of the wheel was pushing out. So it was clearly being pulled in further than it was able to go. And it looked like maybe it was off by half an inch, an inch. Well, what we found out it was is in the end, it was actually off by about two inches, which is insane. So what happens in that situation is that your tires heat up and these heated up so badly, they just started melting. And there was rubber particles all over our our dolly trailer, all over our rear tires. Our rear tires, you could just pick it off of them. I thought the rear tires were actually ruined themselves, too, when I went first went over to them. And I said, I called Jason over and I said, the tire is coming apart, like in my hand. And he said, that's not the back tire you're pulling off. That's our front tires you're pulling off of our back tires. And it was about that time that my joy started to give way to a whole lot of anger. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, it just sort of catastrophically happened. Like, it, you know, within probably those last few miles, they just finally got hot enough that they just started doing it. Yeah, my and by anger, I don't mean like anger at the bus or anger at Jason. I mean, intense anger at the shop um, for essentially putting my family back into a death machine. I don't mean that to be dramatic, but that's exactly what happened. I needed to call a few people. The first one being um, my dad, who has decades worth of experience and has worked in the tire industry and the auto industry pretty much my entire life. And so I wanted to call and I just wanted to have confirmation. Like, should they have, is it standard practice that you would align you would you would adjust when you are doing work like this and of course he was blown away when i told him the story and he didn't even need me to get halfway into the story before he knew what had happened and he knew what was wrong yeah and we we, you wouldn't expect them to do like a full computerized alignment no you would make sure that you know the wheels are straight and probably (laughs) say to somebody you you need we need you to go get an alignment. Yeah, or maybe that can do maybe it drive it. Yeah, you know or maybe if they had you know drive. given it a test drive, they would have noticed that something was wrong. Because yeah, I mean now know. I didn't notice it right away. Okay, I mean, but you're also not an ASA or I'm sorry, an ASE master technician as the shop claims to be, and you don't that's spend true. your entire career working on big rigs. Yeah, I mean you know I'm I'm gonna dial it down a little bit because I'm gonna start getting really fired up again, but. Let's, let's get, let's move on to, to the next. Please move me on. <laughs> move me on. So we, we then called a, a local tire shop 
had them bring out two new tires at a ridiculous cost. Yes. Uh, and, and they were going to adjust the tie rod for us. Get us, get us close. Uh, really, really nice guys. Very too. nice. Can we just say, and there, yeah, some of the finally really nice individuals to talk to about this bus that really seemed to genuinely care about making sure that we were safe. They were amazing. Unfortunately, they couldn't get the tie rod to <laughs> Unfortunately. Budge, which, you know, was only more proof that the tie rod hadn't even been touched, touched at all because it was completely frozen. They put it all back together with the new tires on and I drove to their shop, which was about 25 miles about 25 into miles. New Mexico. So, and we took it slow and, and all that. And they followed behind him. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were very safe and very just just really fantastic. So they, we got there, then they took it off and they, you know, applied heat to it to be able to get it to budge. And it, it took them several hours to get this tire. It also to took a majority of the people at the shop. Yeah. They, like we like had, yeah. On at it. one point we had five guys yeah. work in this bus for us. And at this point, the sun is going down. They're past their work day. They, you know. And they are still hard at work at this and they are not going to let us leave until they feel 100 percent certain that we can put the kids back in there. One of the mechanics was like, I have kids. I would never let you guys go off until I feel like you can, you know, and that's what I needed to hear. I needed to hear someone say, look, I know you're going to put your family back in this and I'm not going to let you go unless I feel like you are going to be safe. So they got it as close as they felt they could. And to the tune of $1,600. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I was very happy to yes. give it to them. Um, most of that going into the price of the new tires. The tires. Uh, and then, you know, I took it for a drive. It was driving great. And they just said, you know, look, you need an alignment right away. We got it as close as possible. They gave us recommendations of places to go nearby to get an alignment. In Las Cruces, New Mexico. Yeah. That was the closest so major town. we drove to the next nearest Walmart in Las Cruces and, and stayed there. And the next morning got an alignment. So they had moved it. The, the shop on that day had moved it about, moved the tie rod about an inch, uh, which is a massive amount. So then the shop that did the alignment that next morning also really great people. Yeah. Really uh, great. Really people. took care of us. Uh, this time only $225 we spent. <laughs> it which was is, like Christmas. <laughs> it was like Christmas. Uh, they said it was off by another inch still. Isn't so, that amazing? Th- so it was two inches off altogether uh, in the end, which is, is really a massive amount. Uh, but now the bus drives great. Drives great. And we were getting some great gas mileage. It feels good to be in it. I feel safe. I needed to hear from that final technician who did the alignment. I just I needed to hear you're OK. You know, I think after everything, I, I really needed someone to tell me you're OK. And we left and we we opted because by this point it is Thursday. So we have we and we're still in western New Mexico. Yeah, we were supposed to be in Oklahoma we City should, yeah. by this point. So now we were faced with a dilemma. Thursday is when we when America's National Parks podcast comes out Friday is when RV Miles is recorded. We are faced with a dilemma knowing that on Saturday tonight, uh, Ethan and I have the Nutcracker. 
We have this obligation and we have these podcast obligations. We're in Western New Mexico. We make the decision. We push on for a little bit on Thursday as much as we can. We stop and we drove. uh, I don't know if Jason wants me to. (laughs) It's just like everything kept piling up. So we drove on Thursday. and We were going to stop at this rest stop and we stopped. (sighs) And prior to uh, leaving out of Las Cruces, we needed to refill our propane canister. This was... uh... (laughs) This, this is was, a newbie 101. What, what was the what was the town? Santa Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa, New Mexico, right on I-40. Yeah. So, so we've driven up, yeah. up that far. It was a lovely drive. It was to gorgeous. Get and yeah. at this point, it's about eight o'clock and we're going to stop because we're going to record America's National Parks podcast. We I had done all the work during the drive. He's going to edit. We're going to get back on the road on Friday. Uh, but in order for us to do that, because we were at a rest stop, we needed some and it's getting cold. So we wanted to be able to use our buddy for yeah we we use a a portable propane heater when we're not plugged in like a lot of our viewers do a a buddy heater yeah so we wanted to be able to use that in the evening while we're getting settled and recording and all that and uh so he goes out to do that and uh he comes back and says we have a problem (laughs) and i'm just like i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear that sentence out of your mouth anymore and he says when i exchanged the propane canisters the propane cans um i left the nozzle the the, da- the little, we use, there's a little adapter that we use to refill the little one pound cylinders yeah and he and says i, I left, left it, it on the on the on the one i exchanged and uh i looked at him <sighs> and he looked at me it's like i'm having a weird out moment here all of a sudden and like i was like mm, no this isn't happening and there's nothing nothing <laughs> open nearby no, us we're not in, we're not near anything the closest point. The closest town at this point is Amarillo. That's the closest Walmart, closest which is Walmart. which is the only place we knew would be open. And we could either get the adapter or just get some one pound yeah. canisters of propane. So it's about 730. And, you know, the kids are like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's not a, what it, you know, what if it's not a 24 hour Walmart? And like, no, 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 it's going to be 24 hours. There's like five in Amarillo. So we make the decision to keep driving. That we're going to drive to Amarillo, but we're going to put the kids and I are going to go in the van so they can watch a movie and be a little bit more comfortable. And uh, one of my one of my favorite moments, though, to come out of all of this is so we said we're going to keep driving and it's going to be late. We're probably not going to get to where we need to be till like midnight because we're crossing time zones, too, which is killing us. Yeah, we do. We, we cross two, two time, time zones, zones that day. Yeah. Well, that basically within 48 hours, yeah. we crossed Two time zones. So we knew going into Amarillo, we were going to cross another time zone. We were going to go into Central. But Jack says, our 11-year-old, he says, everybody put your hands in the center. And he's going to do a one, two, three. He wanted to do one, two, three family. And uh, we all put our hands in the center. And we did a one, two, three. We had to do it three times because everybody had to have their say. But we did an Amarillo. We did an Epperson. And we did a family. And, and we we're talking about like, what time was it? Like eight, it was eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And we had three more hours of yeah. driving to get to Amarillo. But I think if we have learned anything this week or over the last month is that there's nothing we can't do as a family. It's so hokey pokey. I know. Like, <laughs> but to watch our kids take that moment and say, we're going to do this and we're going to do this together as a family. And we're, we're, yeah. we're all going to be okay. It was, special. it was pretty special. So, uh, that night the kids got to bed at three o'clock in the morning. 
because <laughs> it took us way longer to drive to Amarillo than we thought. And our kids don't sleep in the car. It's like party time. Um, so it was like 3 a.m. before we all went to sleep. And the next day we we were going to take two more days to get from Amarillo to Kansas City. Yep. But we were just so fed up. Oh, we're so that over we said, it. let's just make the push. It's like 560 miles. We can do it. We'll get there. We, mm-hmm. we you know, it, it'll be a long day of driving. We can do it. And we pushed. We pushed. We pushed through <laughs> fog that you could hardly see in front of it 20 feet past the bus. It a worse time <laughs> for terrible weather. But yeah. we literally, literally half of that drive, like almost 300 miles was terrible terrible it fog. was dense dense fog and then it was torrential downpours downpours and at one point we ended up having the kids and i go in the van too because again it was just a long day and they needed a change of scenery they were just really starting to just they were they were done and i'm in the van and we had kind of gotten separated. Jason had gone up ahead of me because I stopped to get food for the kids. So I didn't know where he was on the highway. And at one point, the rain was so heavy that what I was using as my sort of like guiding point, this truck that was up in front of me where its bed was completely covered in lights. I lost it because I could the rain was so heavy. I couldn't even see past really the the hood of the car. And I'm thinking, what do I do here? I know I'm in the right lane. Do I go ahead and just get over onto the shoulder, hit my blinkers and hope nobody slams into me? Do I keep going and try as much as I can to stay along the the white line here as much as I can see it and just slow down and put my blinkers on and again, hope no one comes flying up and slams into me, you know, and it just, I thought, man, okay, got it universe. Can you please just get me and my family <laughs> And see, I didn't, City. I didn't have issues no, seeing like, in the rain, along in the bus. but I, you <laughs> must've gotten a, either you, either the, the visibility is better in the bus because of the flat windshield or something, or, or maybe because I'm not low to the ground and not getting the spray, uh, or I just didn't get the, the heaviness I think you that were you ahead. Yeah. I think you were ahead of me because while I was, while we were stopped, um, the weather channel app dinged on my phone and said, uh, a rainstorm is going to start and. 10, 15 minutes. And you, by that time had already, you were like 20 minutes ahead of us. So I think what may have happened is that I got stuck in that cell and you were just ahead of it enough that you didn't get what I yeah. got. And, uh, and man, and, and I'm, you know, I'm going on, like on four thirty-five. there's, they're doing construction and they've got, you know, how at, at nighttime you can't really see the, the, the 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 white you know yeah, dotted stripes visibility is hard well they they're doing construction so they've made new stripes you couldn't tell but like <laughs> the old ones are still kind of there so they're like glossy so you could see them both yeah kansas you are not nice nobody knew what lane was what everybody's no. all over the place plus i didn't realize abby had opened the roof hatch oh. on the rear of the bus oh. for some ventilation before we hit rain and I didn't know that. And she sent me a text telling me that at some point when she had stopped for dinner and I didn't see it. And when I finally realized it, I finally pulled over and oh my gosh. all of our bedding, the whole back of our, you know, our bedroom area and our bus was just 
soaked. Oh, it just absolutely soaked. So we arrive, <sighs> we finally make it to Kansas City to Abby's parents' house in their driveway. Right. And all in my mind, all I have, because I, I arrived about five minutes before him, and in my mind, all I'm seeing is a hot shower and some Baileys and coffee. Like that's all I'm seeing in my world. So she comes up to the door and what do I say? <laughs> we have a problem. <laughs> I almost I was almost shoved him down the stairs. I was like, get out of here. I'm not talking to you about this. But then I spent the next hour and a half pulling bedding, wiping the floor down. I didn't want to leave anything to chance, you know, um, because it's cold. It's still it's still a rainy day here today. The next day, I didn't want to leave any possibility that anything could be moldy when we come back out there. Nothing. So uh, I pushed my dreams of a hot shower and Bailey's and coffee out of my mind, gave my kids to my mother, bless her, and went out and dealt with the uh, the tidal wave that had struck the inside of our bus. So that's been the our week. The end. That's, that's the what end. we're... Aren't you glad? It's such an uplift. We're finally done with, and we're, we're hey, happy to be here with family. Happy and- to be here, but hey, you know what? At the end of the day... I'm just happy we're here. It's you, an adventure. Yep. And you know what? It's an adventure. And we've had a lot of really great stories we've been able to tell. And we've had some really not great stories to be able to tell. I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change anything that happened this week for the world because my kids and Jason and I and the people that were around us on the highway, we are all safe and we are all here to be able to tell this story. Bring it on, fog, rain, totally drenched bus. I'm just so thankful that I'm here to do those things and here to talk to y'all tonight. I am too. All right. Let's take a break. I'm going to go get a Bailey's and coffee now between the break. Can I do that? Or maybe you should get a hot chocolate. (laughs) Ooh. And put a little Bailey's in Don't give away my, don't. Great. Now we don't need to talk about that in the next segment. Well, come on. That's just, that's just hot chocolate one on one there. That's grown up hot chocolate. All right. Let's take a break. Okay, we are back with our awesome, exciting hot chocolate segment. Hot, hot, yeah. We did we, we got really it. did love doing the s'more segment and it really got us thinking we love hot chocolate too. And now mm-hmm. is the time of the season. It's Bring just it. nice nice to sit around a campfire Bring it. in the fall with a hot chocolate. So let's do that. But first, this segment is sponsored by our new sponsor. Our friends at National Indoor RV Center. National Indoor RV Centers make RV travel simple, fun, and hassle-free. Offering convenient indoor storage with round-the-clock security and on-site maintenance and repair that can handle paint and body, oil changes, brakes, tires, tires, glass, upholstery, slide work, and generator work. They even accept factory and extended warranties. Valet service pulls your RV in and out of storage. They'll check your tire pressure, charge and check battery fluids, fill your fresh water and cool your fridge down before you depart. They will cool your fridge down before you depart. They even have on-site propane and dump stations and their wash and detail crews can clean your RV inside and out. I need full service 
RV. <laughs> I need to take Bussy. Bussy needs to go over there. We don't even have a need to store our bus. We're no, <laughs> she just needs to go to the spa. But, but if you're not full time, man, this is a great way to store. And they are sweetening the deal for RV Miles listeners. You can find national indoor RV centers in Atlanta, Dallas, and Phoenix, but they have a new Las Vegas facility, Viva Las Vegas. And they are offering RV Miles listeners three free months with code RVMILES3 at their new Vegas location. That's three free months at their new Las Vegas location with offer code RVMILES3. That's all one word. We'll link to it in the show notes. Space is extremely limited. So visit VegasIndoorRVStorage.com to get started today. And again, we will link to not only the offer in the show notes, but also that website. I feel like Tom Hanks from the Polar Express needs to do the intro to this. Is there any way we can get around hot, the copyright hot, of that song? <laughs> yes. That's the most we can say. Yeah. that's Don't say anything more. Otherwise, we're going to have to pay for it. But he talks, I, sings it. So there's no melody. This to, is true. To, <laughs> this is true. Love the Polar Express. It's one of our favorite holiday movies. And I love Tom Hanks. He's one of my all time favorite actors. It would be amazing if he was doing this introduction. So, but he's not. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Skip. The pre-made powders. Nobody has time for Swiss Miss. <laughs> I mean, I got time for it. Like, okay, we have time that, for it. That's we like, do actually have some Swiss That's Miss. like my replacement for like coffee in the morning. I'll get some Swiss Miss. Yes, and then when I have the real co- hot chocolate. Yeah, you're not a coffee I'll guy. drink that while I make my real hot chocolate. But if you want to make, so we're going to just, we're not going to do all of the hot chocolates that are going to be in the article that I'm working on. We're just going to go and run down a few, similar to what we did with the s'mores. But I think... In order to even begin this conversation, we have to talk about traditional hot chocolate. Like we just need to start with the foundation. What are the essentials? What are the essentials to hot chocolate? Chocolate, milk, sugar, and cocoa. That's pretty much it. And then it's chocolate and cocoa. It is. And this is so this is if you really want to get, I think, kind of decadent. You can clearly probably do it without. But I think if you're going to take the time to make hot chocolate, let's let's make hot chocolate. And that also means when you go to use your milk, a whole milk is going to be way better and way creamier than if you're using two percent, one percent or skim. Clearly, you know, if you have those things on hand, you can do it. But if you're really going to go for this, get some whole milk and then you'll have your cocoa powder. Or you can do what I did when I made pancakes the other day and we were out of milk. And I used coffee creamer. You did. It was like an <laughs> almond. Uh, it was like an almond coffee creamer. Jason's like, I'll just use this. Kids loved it. They didn't even Sorry. know any different. Um, and then I love like, so you can have your cocoa powder, but then when you go to add the chocolate too, and you go to melt it into that, I like a milk chocolate. That's just me. It's going to be a little bit sweeter, but you can certainly use bittersweet or semi-sweet. And I would do chips over bars. You know, you can buy a bar and you can break it up and put it in there. But then at least the chips are going to, I feel like the melting distribution. You, know, you is. could also do it. I learned this like a long time ago, like in a home ec class. That is a long time ago. Yeah. You, what you can do is take a chocolate bar and like a potato peeler and you can shave off shavings. But that's so much. And that, it melts much faster. If, I'm just saying if okay. that's what you have on hand. Sure. Uh, yes. That just feels like a lot of work to me. And also that feels like a garnish. I'm just going to just going to I'm it. just going to break the bar into big chunks and throw it in there. Like I'm not getting out my little potato peeler shaver. Like I am not that fancy. Right. So how do you make a 
a basic hot chocolate. See, so you're going to get your milk nice and hot, right? You're going to get it into the pan. You're going to get it going. And then if you want to add in a teaspoon of vanilla extract, go for it. But then you're going to start to add in your granulated sugar. You're going to put in a little cocoa powder. And yes, a basic sort of standard recipe is going to have you putting some sugar into it. I mean, let's not worry about calories. Know, at here. this point, yeah, at this point, calories, they go out the window. And then you just start adding it in. You're just building the base. I think everyone likes to do it a little bit different. I would heat up the milk. Then I would add the sugar and the vanilla. And then the final thing I would put in there would be the cocoa and the chocolate. And the key to low and slow. Yes. You don't want to burn the milk. That no, low the and slow. Worst thing you could possibly do. There's nothing worse than the taste of burnt milk. Yeah. And so that's kind of like your basic variation too. How can you build on your basic, right? It's like you have your basic s'more. Now you have your basic hot chocolate. Obviously you do grown up hot chocolate, which you take hot chocolate and you add three and a half ounces of Bailey's or you know what? Maybe I mean, a little more. You do you, you add as little or as much maybe as you Maybe you just like. take some Bailey's and add a little hot maybe chocolate you add, to it. Maybe you put Bailey's into your cup and then you add three and a half I mean, ounces of Bailey's hot chocolate. Isn't Bailey's basically hot chocolate already? You just add a little chocolate to it. And can I say, I mean, we love <laughs> Bailey's and we love that brand, but the Kirkland brand of Irish cream from Costco. Yeah, it's really good. Hey now, and it's really cheap. I think my dad has a bottle downstairs because he knew I was coming. And we'll probably pick up at least another one before Christmas. <laughs> and I sound the, like and a these boozy, are but... like massive bottles. Let's, it's Costco size. It's, it's Costco size. There's other variations on grown up hot chocolate, right? You know, you can play around with whiskey your, in there. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a Jason hot chocolate, I feel like. But one of the things I love, and I think that this would go great for the holidays. So let's say you you have kids coming over, you're going to be at a gathering that's going to have people of all ages, right? So you can do your basic hot chocolate setup and then you can have the option to do add some Baileys or other liquor into it for the adults. Then you can also make, and I think this sounds really fun and we're going to do it this year, is you can make something called chocolate dippers. It's essentially a popsicle like dipper that you would then go and put into your hot chocolate and allow it to melt. And it can be all different kinds of flavors. So this is like, um, so think cake pop. Yeah. But in a hot chocolate melty dipping sort of way. Yeah. So what you can do is there's so many variations on it. You could do a standard chocolate dipper that you would take your popsicle stick with the chocolate and you'd put it into your hot chocolate mug and it's going to melt. So it's like one dipper per serving, right? It's like a bath bomb for hot chocolates, right? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. And you can do crushed candy canes. You could do a chocolate peanut butter cups. You could do plain chocolate. So it's what the directions say is that you take like a mini muffin pan and you spray it down with nonstick cooking spray. And after you have melted 16 ounces of chocolate, you then go and divide the chocolate up amongst these mini muffin tents. And so you're probably going to fill them about maybe a third each, right? And then once you have the basic layer of chocolate, then you go and you add the next layer. So like maybe you're going to do crushed candy canes. And that would like stick in the and melted chocolate. And it's going to stick to the melted chocolate. You put the popsicle stick into the center and then you put that all into the freezer to harden. So then you can set them out and people can pick them as these little dippers for their drinks. 
I think that would be so much fun. And I think it's so easy. You could do Bailey's and chocolate dippers. You could do salted caramel. So you'd put your layer of chocolate down first. Then you the next layer like and then I would probably freeze that chocolate first. Then I'd pull it out of the freezer and I'd put a layer of caramel and then I'd put it back in the freezer. Yum. Can you I mean, the possibilities are endless. You could do white chocolate instead of milk chocolate or you could do both. Layer of chocolate then another layer of white chocolate. I know. I mean, it's just. I love the idea. I also love the simplicity of it. I'm always one who really enjoys very simple, but really fun recipes. And this is one of them. So all of these ideas will be in an article that I'm working on that we will make sure ends up in the show notes. It may not be immediate, but we'll also share it around on our social medias. We'll move on from the dippers. I could talk about those for the whole (laughs) segment, but we need to move on. Another recipe that I loved that ties back in, I think, to camping and the whole outdoorsy vibe is obviously to make s'mores hot chocolate. Yeah. You got to marry those two worlds together. Who doesn't love marshmallows in your hot chocolate already? I know. Now, this one is a bit more complicated of a recipe. You're going to actually have to break out your oven in order to do this. I know. know. That's a lot of work to get. I know. I know. It is a lot of work, but the end result is really cool because what I love is that they take crushed graham crackers, right? And you can do like a layer at the bottom of your mug and pour the hot chocolate over that. Then once you have your hot chocolate in the mug, then you put marshmallows all over the top and you put that into the oven like a french onion soup essentially yeah you want to melt up you don't want to burn your marshmallows but you want to melt them up so then once they've melted a little bit and kind of come together you take the mugs back out of the oven you put crushed graham cracker over the top and then you drizzle chocolate syrup you could do that with a blowtorch too you totally could i mean i don't know how many people keep a blowtorch in there we kitchen. should. Why don't we have a blowtorch in our kitchen? This is one of the many life's many questions, Jason. <laughs> hey, I really, uh, I don't want to try the cheesecake hot chocolate. I'm going to say that right now. That's the next <laughs> on your list. I don't, I am, I don't believe cheese belongs in desserts. <laughs> Jason does not but like But hey, cheesecake. a lot of people like cheesecake. I love cheesecake. That's why I put it on here. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like it, but I thought I'm the one writing this article. I'm putting it on here. <laughs> and I also think it's interesting. I mean, you know, you're using white chocolate and you're using cream cheese for this particular recipe. So it has you using milk, vanilla extract, white chocolate in place of milk chocolate, Cream cheese and graham crackers, which you're going to use and whipped cream. And you're going to use the graham crackers, obviously, for the garnish topping. So once you heat up the milk and you turn it down to low, you're going to whisk in the cream cheese. And you need this. So you need this cream cheese to be really, really soft to like bring it to room temperature. And you're going to whisk in the cream cheese. And I forgot to mention earlier, but you're also going to put in vanilla extract. Of course, it's a lot of these recipes are always going to have vanilla extract. Who doesn't love it? Then once you whisk in that cream cheese and the vanilla extract, then you add in the white chocolate. And it says, and this makes sense, you have to serve it immediately. So this is one of those desserts where you make it and you eat it immediately. Because what is going to happen if you don't is as that hot chocolate starts to cool, because it has cream cheese in it, it's going to start to thicken. 
and curdle. Yeah, I see, don't think no, it's I don't mm. think it's going to curdle. Why would it curdle? Well, okay, it's going to thicken. Yeah, it's not going to curdle, but it's going to mm. thicken and so then you're going to have a pudding. I tell you this is not my it's not my <laughs> it's not my but, cup of cocoa here. But, no, it's not your cup of cocoa. But I don't know, it might be kind of good as a pudding. Hey, but you know what I do want to try? The Harry Potter butter beer. I know, chocolate. right? I mean, butterbeer is essentially butterscotch. And yeah, we've had is... butterbeer at both oh Universal Studios, and it's like it's, it's like butterscotch so sweet. soda, really. It's with so cream sweet. And uh, and I gotta say, mixing that with hot chocolate, you've got heavy cream, vanilla extract. You've got butterscotch chips, butterscotch sauce, cocoa powder. If you uh, are not a fan of butterscotch, mm. this is not a recipe for you. Yeah, but. I think the kids would really love this. Our children love Harry Potter. So I think that they would get a huge kick out of this one. So this is one I want to make with them sometime this week. But again, it's a just a pretty standard cocoa recipe. I mean, I think we've pretty much established you heat up the milk and then you start adding in all your ingredients and melt it down. Yeah. But I love that it has its own very special whipped topping, which is going to have butter Vanilla extract, sugar, and heavy, heavy cream. So you're going to make your own whipped cream. Which I love, which is actually fairly easy to do. And I love making my own whipped cream. It's just like, like, and I, it's a great workout. Yeah, I do it by hand without, with a whisk, not with a a mixer. It's a great workout. And it's just, it's nice to like, I don't know, it just tastes better. It's like homemade, handmade tastes better. It just makes your pumpkin pie taste all the more better when you spent hours whipping cream in order to put it on top for five seconds. Um, (laughs) let's do one more because we talked so long in the second segment and this one I absolutely will never make, but I had to put it on here because unicorns are all the rage. So why wouldn't unicorns make it into hot chocolate? And there is a recipe out there called unicorn hot chocolate. This is a little weird. This? I mean, it sounds like it would taste good. I mean, here's the thing. You can't really screw up hot chocolate. You no. put sweet things in it. It's going to taste good. I have a threshold. I I have a limit to my sweet, though. I, I, I have no. I, there is no limit. You, the sky this, is not me, even. Yeah. I'll drink pixie sticks. Oh, my God. That's so gross. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, so this one is using white chocolate instead of milk chocolate. It's using half and half and milk and then it's using pink food coloring because all unicorn drinks have to have the base of pink pink or purple pink or purple yeah well mostly they start off pink and then they start adding in the the purples and the blues and the greens and the yellows but pink is kind of like the base color for whatever reason we have decided because unicorns are white yeah i i mean pink has been decided upon as the universal unicorn color So you make the drink like that. You pour it into your mug. Then you put whipped cream on top and then you put sprinkles. So that's where the rest of your color of the unicorn is going to come from, right? That can be purple, right? It can be any, Jason, it can be any color of the rainbow. It can be any color you want, honey. And so then you have this just unicorn sugarfied drink. So basically it's white chocolate, hot chocolate that's dyed pink. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I could drink pink hot chocolate. I mean, maybe. Why do, I don't, just leave it white. 
and it's still unicorn hot chocolate. But I told you that that's white. not the trend right now. Like, and I mean, you, have you seen that what unicorn drink at Starbucks? I just make it white and I put silver sprinkles on it. Wow, you just took that to a unicorn. whole new level. Boom. <laughs> That was like a whole new level. All right. Abby's also got recipes for peanut butter, hot chocolate here. Hazelnut, hot chocolate, cookies and cream, snickerdoodle. You got a lot. You got a lot of work ahead of you (laughs) and and making all these for me to try. Uh, You do have a lot of work ahead of you and making all of these for you to try. You know what my favorite? Let me just throw one in here. My favorite hot chocolate is Mexican hot chocolate. I almost put that on the list. Essentially is hot chocolate with cinnamon in it. Yes. Uh, And it's. It's very it's like good. Dark chocolate and cinnamon. I just like the idea of talking about hot chocolate right now, this time of the year, because a lot of people are getting into festive holiday mode. And I just think it's something that can be appealing to both the grownups and the little grownups that are there as well. And you can kind of tailor it, especially with those dippers. You can just tailor it to everybody's needs. OK, on that note, let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. Yes, because I need to go get some hot chocolate. When you need me, you throw me away. But when you're done with me, you bring me back. What am I? A tie rod. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of RV Miles. We sure will. And thank you so much, as always, for joining us. I know we're probably starting to sound like broken records, but if you are loving the podcast, we would be so thankful if you would share it around with your friends, family and social media. And of course, we would always appreciate a five star review over at iTunes. That just helps us get um, in front of a few more people. So until next week, thank you all so much for listening. Have a really great week and keep logging those RV miles. Bye.